Hear me carefully today. The word of God tells us that his plan for us, his desire for us is that we live above fear, that we walk in the power of his love and that we're not dominated by fear. But if we allow fear to take over, we will miss out on God's plan. Freedom and God podcast, presented by JPF and Associates and the JohnPFox.com training portal and classroom, where we share commentary, wisdom, and counsel. This is a weekly podcast show. Thank you for tuning in. All right, all right. Hey, guys, thanks for listening in the American Freedom and God podcast. I'm your host, John P. Fox. Huge stash of Joe Biden papers still hidden at the University of Delaware. Today, we take a look over at Judicial Watch with Tom Bitten, and I brought a soundbite. Uh, we're going to go into a little bit of that. Huge fire breaks out at a chicken factory, one of the third largest chicken factories in the uh, chicken coops, whatever you want to call it, in the United States. Somebody is attacking our eggs. <laughs> and uh, uh, speaking of attacks, we've got Chinese attack. There's a balloon that comes into the United States sovereign airspace. It doesn't belong there. I wonder what's going on with that. And why doesn't the White House uh, order it shot down? So today's hope message too. We got Dr. David Jeremiah. He's going to be talking to us a little bit on the slaying the giant of fear. So, this got a good show for you going today, guys. Oh, by the way, yours truly brought a new uh, song today. It's not its not actually a new song, but we brought uh, something new to the podcast. I'm going to share with you a video I made about a month ago. So, that part of it's new. And yes, I was wearing this same shirt that time. It was time to pull this back out of the closet. I mean, it's been a while, right? But now that it's, I'm going to show you the video, you're going to see the same shirt on me, but... Who, who cares about all that, right? <laughs> all right, getting right to it. So I just want to start with a little bit of an opener here. Uh, first of all, again, thanks for listening in, guys. I, I, I It is a pleasure to come to this microphone. Uh, I probably, uh, I only do it once a week. I probably should do it more. Um, I noticed that when I listen to a podcaster, I always crave more, so I, I'd like them to do it like every day. <laughs> and uh, for those of you that are like that, I apologize. It's uh, It does take a lot of work for me to put together just even one episode, much less do it every day. It's not so much the work, it's the time. It, it, it's time consuming. So, you know, you got an hour of airtime, and then you have the, the stuff that you do to get ready for it. Then you have the stuff you got to do afterwards to get it published. And when you put it all together, it's like a half a day or, or more worth of work, actually. But again, it is my pleasure to do this, and we will look to the future of possibly making it 
two a week instead of one, maybe three a week instead of two. So that's where we are in this opening message. I just want to say, don't forget that the, the whole idea of the podcast is to maintain American freedom. There is a movement happening. Um, we were warned about it when, when the founding fathers put together the United States of America and, and declared independence uh, from Great Britain. There was a warning issued uh, about uh, this new uh, system and American experiment. And I talked about it last week. And that warning is, you know, you could very well lose this um, democratic republic if you allow that to happen. So if checks and balances start to get uneven, which they have, um, you could actually lose uh, this American experiment. And so, yes, when I look at the structure of government, you can probably find out more about what I know about that just by uh, looking into I used to be a Democrat by John P. Fox. You can find it on Amazon or whatever. Anyways, what I was learning is that the three main branches of government are checks and balances of power. And what's happening is with one when one branch ignores the United States Constitution, making it almost irrelative to, uh, to anything they say and do, everything's done through an executive order, if, well, I've said one, one branch. I guess I meant the executive branch, <laughs> the White House. When they start to do everything under executive order, it's just bypassing. You know, it's like an emergency, so it bypasses constitutional um, proceedings and, and constitutional uh, laws. So if you bypass that using an executive order, say, no, don't worry about that for now, but it's because of COVID, I'm going to do sign this uh, order. And we'll get back to being a constitutional republic after this... Uh, emergency is done the emergency never ends the the imbalance of power continues and, and then it festers kind of like if you have an imperfection growing on the side of your arm or something it continues to grow this is what's happening to american freedom so i know i put it in a, in a weird kind of way weird but <laughs> that, uh, that's one of the things that uh on the Dan bongino's podcast he's got a his guy a joe that, that does the production for him He's always uh, chiming in, you know, in the background going, weird. <laughs> so now I've got to, you know, I've kind of absorbed that a little bit there. But anyways, it's, it's one of these things. So if we allow either or Congress, executive branch, or the judicial branch to have too much power over things and not go by that founding documents that we have written up, then slowly but surely, the, the wool is pulled over your eyes so you don't see it happening. You lose your American freedom. You know, pretty soon to be telling us, no, the only way you get to power your home is this way. The only way you get to do transportation is this way. And it's going to be told you that instead of you being free. So what we need to do is maintain freedom. Um, so I would like to start by just, I'm going to drop in and look at a little bit of that article over at uh, Judicial Watch's uh, newsletter here. In all the news of classified documents at Joe Biden's homes and elsewhere, one huge pile of documents has been mostly overlooked by everyone, but not us. Now, when he says, but not us, he's referring to the Judicial Watch group, which uh, uses the Freedom of Information Act uh, to file lawsuits and to get information that they are, you know, it's rightfully, um, it's our right to have. And because of the Freedom of Information Act, uh, every American actually has the right to demand uh, this information. 
The Judicial Watch is a specialty group that gets together and they follow certain laws and certain uh, allotments to the, to the American people. They follow these laws and these allotments and they put together a group that works based on that. And I love what they do because it's working to bring back truth. Oh, by the way, that's today's title. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> working to bring back truth. And so that's what Judicial Watch is all about as well. They, they, we, we're losing truth, and, and it is steadily getting worse. I don't foresee it always being that way because I have a lot of faith in that the, the majority of the people that make this country what it is, I believe the majority of them are still there, and they still want what they still want. They still are what they are, and, and the, that uh, we are going to remove this festering growth of, uh, you know, falsehoods and lawlessness coming from leaders, you know. So anyway, and I believe that's going to happen. So I have a lot of faith in that. So let's go ahead and look at a little bit more of Tom's article here. We've been fighting in court with the University of Delaware for more than two years for access to Biden's Senate papers house, housed uh, there at the University of Delaware. So here's the latest. We filed our reply brief. Reply brief is, is a hypertext link, so he can actually send you to the page that has that brief on it. I'm not going to go there. I'm just letting you know this is how his newsletter is laid out. We filed a reply brief, brief on behalf of the Daily Caller News Foundation in the Supreme Court of Delaware in our appeal of a lower court decision blocking access to Joe Biden's Senate papers. We, we are asking for limited discovery including, at a minimum, disposing a university representative. So, again, with the Freedom of Information Act, you have every right to ask. And he's saying here, I'm not even asking for, I'm just asking for limited discovery. And, by the way, one reason I brought up the hypertext link is because I just want to point out that on this show, I won't just bring uh, information that has nothing to back it up. And so... Uh, pointed that out to let you know that Judicial Watch and the Tom Fitton's newsletter comes with receipts. He's not just blabbing, 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 conspiracy theory, blah, 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 blah. It, everything he's saying and doing comes with receipts. It, you can see it documented. So that way you know we're not just blowing hot air or anything or whatever it is that uh, it is said of from the opposition. So, Having said all that, on in July 2020, we filed a Delaware Freedom of Information Act lawsuit for the university uh, after the university denied our April 2020 request for all of Biden's Senate records and for records about the, pre the preservation and any proposed release of these records, including communications with Biden or his representatives. So they were denied uh, back in 2020, but... Uh, Earlier this month, we filed an, uh, an appeal brief and uh, with the Delaware Supreme Court. And after the Supreme Court sided with the university, finding that the university had met its burden of performing an adequate search for the requested records, that opinion came after the university had submitted a second affidavit from the University's Freedom of Information Act, officials stating that uh, no state funds had been spent on maintaining the documents. In our Supreme Court filing, we argue... Now, this is, this is the new filing. Despite FOIA's apostrophe S's acknowledgement of public entities as instruments of government, 
should not have the power to decide. Public enemies, uh, entities as instruments of government should not have the power to decide, which is good for the public to know. Over the multi-year course of this Freedom of Information Act proceeding, the university's efforts to satisfy its statutory burden of proof have been parceled out piece, piece of mile <laughs> in minuscule increments. All right, so these are definitely using legal terms here, parceled and piecemeal. I think uh, are words I'm not normally using in my vocabulary, but uh, I kind of get what it what it says. And these uh, these words usually pop up when you get into certain areas of study or trades, and, and you're, you're there all the time. You get used to the to the lingo that goes with it, right? So, but this is a, a filing, a new filing, and then. The, we, when the shortcomings of the university's effort are, effort are noted in a briefing, the university calls foul. And that's what he's trying to say. Instead of allowing the public to know what the public has the right to know, when they see something that, that they don't want the public to know, they call foul. <laughs> he posted his actual wording uh, as to the argument to the uh, Supreme Court filing of Delaware. But... Uh, yeah, it's very, uh, very interesting that uh, the court would constantly tell the public what they can and cannot be, you know, public knowledge. So, uh, yeah, that, that's another thing I was talking about. In the beginning, I was talking about the differences in, in powers, you know, the judicial branch, the executive branch, the legislative branch. But the judicial branch here is, is wielding some power here, and they're trying to maybe push away uh, Tom Fitton and company here and say, hey, you know, th I, this is what you do, you're allowed to know and this is what you're not allowed to know as, as freedom of information. And, uh, well, with Judicial Watch, they certainly know how to argue back against that. So what else were we were talking about? Well, I, I wanted you to know that I am thankful for Judicial Watch and the work that they do. They, they have made it some, some ground. They have gained a lot of ground in the last year or two. Probably, you know, you can say that about every year, actually. And so, guys, you can go to judicialwatch.org. I believe it's .org. And, and hit the donate button and help these help these guys out. Every little bit helps. They, they, they use those donated funds to continue with filings and getting to the bottoms of things. And it's the one way that we are working to bring back truth is groups like Judicial Watch. So, thanks. Thanks for Judicial Watch and to the American people. Huge fire at Massive Chicken Factory. Oh, it catches uh, U.S. the biggest U.S. Fire, egg farm catches fire. 21 fire departments respond to the huge blaze that likely killed thousands of chickens. That's not good, guys. We, you know, I, this comes at a time when I had just watched some doctor on YouTube talking about how important uh, eggs are to your health. Yeah, it's ironic that I just got down listening to this doctor. He, he says he eats four eggs a day. And then he goes into detail with all the, the, the terminology, all the, the right on down to the microorganisms of why the eggs are, are that good for you. And, it, you know, everybody's different, but it's in general, for good for people in general to have it in your diet. 
And uh, he goes right into all the details. And I was like convinced listening to this. And I was like, yeah, I always thought an egg was good for me. But I never realized why. But now I know. And there are people that will refuse to eat eggs. Like on a vegan diet or whatever. And just, they think that it's just a bad idea. But it's not. There's nothing wrong with it. Eggs are actually awesome for you. You don't want to overdo it. Not with anything. You don't even want to eat too many avocados or, or drink too much olive oil. You know, like all this other healthy stuff. So anything you overdo is bad for you. But one or two good eggs a day, and according to this doctor, four a day. I think it's a little much, but um, again, he goes into details with medical and chemical terms as to why this works so well in our bodies. But this news came just as I learned more about the health of eating eggs. So we're seeing eggs go from $2.36 a dozen up to as much as $7 a dozen. And we have just lost the largest eggs uh, factory in history. Uh, no, third largest <laughs> uh, in this country, I mean. And so we have just lost, well, a good deal of it. 21 fire departments out there trying to put the blaze out. It's estimated over 100,000 chickens uh, perished, hens that, that that make eggs. You know, that's this is not good. I mean, the price of eggs already because of COVID was way up and the supply chain problems and things like that, it was way up. Now we've lost as many as 100,000 birds that were putting out these eggs in Connecticut. And uh, I don't know, this was in, in October of 2022. So this was a year ago. Approximately 7,000 chickens were incinerated in a farm fire in Lexington, South Carolina. Uh, fire caused 12 million in damages and killed reported 250,000 chickens at a large poultry farm in Lebanon, Pennsylvania. So this isn't the first time, guys. He goes on. Uh, Blaze report here goes on to point out several more uh, fires that took place in the last couple of years around the country of chickens and eggs. And this is uh, clearly, I mean, you, you could say clearly, but you could also say, well, through the smoke, <laughs> literally, there is somebody attacking uh, somehow, some way, uh, some group, some hidden force is attacking chickens and eggs. I'm, uh, I'm really sad about that because I just now learned how good eggs are for you. And, you know, we use eggs to, to bake and to make other stuff. So, um, this is not good for what's happening to the price of eggs. I do believe, as I said earlier, we will rebound uh, and rebuild and fix things like this. And it'll stop happening. New uh, chicken farms will pop up if needed. More chickens will be born. I mean, I do believe we'll fix this. I'm confident in the American people. We're working to bring back truth. And I'm confident that's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. So when something is a falsehood, when something is deliberately a lie, when something is not good, but it's kind of hiding behind the veil, it eventually implodes. It is going to eventually implode. It's just, uh, it cannot stand. In, in the Bible, it says that the, the light came and the darkness did not understand it. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's what it says in the book of John, in the first few chapters of John. The first chapter of John says that. So I was just kind of reading through my scriptures this morning and just read that part again. The light happened and the darkness did not know how to uh, understand it did not know how to take the light and that's exactly what's going to happen to falsehoods 
it's eventually going to implode. It's not going to know how to take the truth when the truth is out there. Matter of fact, it's going to be out there really soon. This takes a little bit of doing. We got to get our voting corrected. Got to get things like that fixed. And I don't mean the fix is in. <laughs> we got to fix those who do say the fix is in. We got to fix that from happening again. Yeah, we can make honest people be honest. The same thing. Dude, the whole reason of putting a lock on your bicycle when you when you go into the store or whatever and it's out there on the rack uh, is to keep honest people honest. Because if somebody is an honest person normally but is desperate right now to, to get on a bike and get out of there, yeah, so he, a lock was invented. All right. We need to keep honest people honest. So whatever it is that's causing us to lose the American freedom, we, we I'm sure they didn't mean to do it. We need to keep honest people honest by putting a lock on it, by fixing voting, by things like that. <laughs> I don't know if you can line up that metaphor or not. Maybe you can try. Okay, for today's sponsor, I have uh, Making Time for God series, book one, book two, and book three. You can get them on Amazon. It's by yours truly, Making Time for God. In these books, I actually go into, each chapter uh, goes into some of the actual happenings that I went through over the past several decades, 30-some 30, 30 years. And it talks about while I was living life trying to just be happy-go-lucky, I was also recognizing uh, the Holy Spirit and God and how he was working in my life. And I was praying a lot. And I also seen some things that, uh, to me, were worth being in the book. It, it was, um, you know, if you ever watch an episode of Caught on Camera or even Ghost Adventures with Zach Bagans and those guys, or any other of those uh, paranormal shows, you're going to find out that there are things happening uh, that you really can't see with the naked eye that much, but it's there, it exists, and uh, they have these devices where they can kind of show you, and then little orbs are floating around. So, well, I've had something happen to me but that came from the, the angels of God, it came from up above. And I also had some things happen that didn't come from up above, so I kind of seen a lot. And what I do in, in Making Time for God, book one, is I talk about, the vision that I saw and how real it was and exactly what it said. And I and I talked about how I, I kept that with me. I also bring up a, 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 a time when we ran out of gas and what happened at the, after that. That was uh, all came from up above. I bring I talk about the lots of things that made me recognize that you're not alone and there, there will be peace when you're done, but just to carry on my way with it. In these books, though, it goes into first you get a title to the chapter, and then the whole chapter talks about that title and what it really means. Like, oh, but there's a plank in my eyes. How can I help my brother until I remove the plank out of my own eye? You know, whatever the chapter was, it goes into it very deeply, um, and it uses life examples. That's making time for God. Book one, book two, and book three, guys. Get them on Amazon. They don't cost hardly anything, about three bucks each. Okay, so that's it for the article. Now I'm going to go ahead over to our first sound bite. We're going to listen to Tom Fitton for a few minutes, guys. We'll see what he's talking about here. This is about the Chinese attack on the U.S. with a dumping. They're violating the airspace of the United States in some sneaky kind of way, and Biden's not doing anything to help. Let's see what's And we've got important developments in an explainer as to what went on there. Uh, first up is the urgent matter of an ongoing attack on the sovereignty and national security of uh, the United States of America, our homeland, by the Chinese communists. 
and the failure of the Biden administration to address this attack with any seriousness or urgency. So as of now, according to the Biden Pentagon and various reports, there's a balloon over the continental United States. The last I read, it was somewhere over the center of the nation. Uh, it had supposedly been over sensitive areas in the north, uh, north central part of the United States. I guess it was Montana. And <laughs> no one knows why it's there. Um, the, presu- the, the assumption is that it's surveilling, it's a spy uh, craft, and uh, our national security is put at risk. And obviously, you know, we're just assuming the payload is neutral in that respect and doesn't have the ability to do some significant damage, whether it be EMP or, um, you know, the release of a pathogen, or maybe a test run for all of that. And still, as I go to, as we go to tape today, uh, that balloon is allowed to uh, basically move unmolested through our airspace. Now, does that sound acceptable, acceptable to you? Does that sound right to you? Now, allegedly, the Biden administration says, well, they can't shoot this balloon down because, you know, the payload is too big or they're afraid of the damage on the ground. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. First of all, why was it even allowed to enter our airspace? Secondly, are you telling me in this day and age there are no contingencies for this type of operation or this type of challenge? Now, based on what I'm seeing, it's very interesting to see. You know, we presume that because it's a balloon, the technology or the significance in terms of national security of the penetration isn't important. Actually, it's just the opposite. Balloons, because of the advances in technology, are uh, extremely valuable uh, um, platforms for monitoring and spying on and maybe doing other nefarious things uh, for countries you're interested in in terms of intelligence. Uh, because a satellite typically, you know, they pass over an area of interest and there's a limited time they're over the area, so they have to have another satellite pass over to maintain uh, continuous coverage in any, uh, in any measurable way. With a balloon, the balloon, practically speaking, can stay over an area for a longer period of time and gather intelligence in a more straightforward, frankly, cheaper manner. And in this case, we have the Chinese essentially admit it's theirs, pretending it's some sort of meteorological civilian aircraft that accidentally came our way. No one really believes that, nor should they. And the Biden administration certainly, uh, by all accounts, doesn't believe it. But certainly they're not taking any action. And why aren't they taking any action? To me, this is a sad day for America. It's concerning. It's disturbing in the sense that we are kind of like this hapless giant, unable to do anything in the face of this rather obvious provocation, this brazen attack on our sovereignty, and the failure and the exposure of our weakness in the face of this. And the weakness, it's not, uh, not a, in my view, a technological or military weakness. It's political weakness. This is the decision by our military leadership with the uh, approval, presumably, of President Biden, who's commander-in-chief, not to do anything to protect our homeland from this ongoing attack. I mean, if this was a Chinese aircraft, would we just let it fly around for as long as it wanted before it left our airspace? 
if it were a drone, we would let it fly around for as long as as long as it could stay up before it left our airspace? Of course not. We'd take it down. And certainly we would have plans to take it down with an effort to minimize the potential risks to human life on the ground. And if I were the president, I would tell the military, you got to take care of this within hours. You got to do it. This is unacceptable. And frankly, it's already too late because the damage to our reputation has been done. Our enemies now know a, a significant weakness. Arguably, uh, you know, I don't know enough about the secret capabilities of the United States defense aid, the defense system uh, in terms of uh, guarding against this type of intrusion. But certainly they've been exposed. You know, the presumption has to be by our enemies, this is a way uh, to uh, penetrate our airspace. And maybe once you're here, nothing's going to be done. I mean, we're all at risk as a result. And we are at risk at this moment. Every second this, this balloon it remains aloft is, uh, increases the risk to every one of our lives. Okay, I'm just going to stop it there. There's a major, major concern, though. He's not lying. He's not lying when he says it's a risk to, to every one of us. If it, you know, I was thinking the same thing. If, they, if they're just testing to see if they can actually do this again, uh, and only next time they know how long it will stay in the air, they know where they can fly it, and they know Biden won't do anything, and now they know all these things. Next time, they might just be getting ready to unleash some other kind of uh, deadly thing onto the, you know, onto the country and let it spread. Who knows? It's coming in here maybe to, to, to take a look at military compounds and stuff that's, you know, basically top secret. Maybe they wanted to bring it all the way over to, from one end of the nation to the next to see if they could just, if that would, would happen without it being shot down. Maybe, um... They're telling the United States government, if you do shoot it down, uh, I will expose something or another to... <laughs> Who knows? This is crazy stuff. Guys, we got to work to bring back truth. Today's episode is about working to bring back truth. Um, yeah, it kind of slowed me down a little bit there listening to uh, Mr. Fitton uh, on this uh, on this subject because, um, you know, I'm... I, I'm it, it tires me to, to listen to this and know that this is our great government. This is our government. It's what they do about it. And it might be some people out there saying, yeah, the Chinese are our friends. Don't worry about it. And, yeah, don't be naive, people. Don't. <laughs> Just don't be. We need to stand up for truth. And we need to get some, uh, some, some great leaders in place and get rid of the, you know, really, seriously, we need to get rid of the ones we got. They're, just, uh, they're all about political spin and just it's just so so much falsehood going on in the uh, in the government you know we've always been a great country they, they, they we have systems in place that takes care of our people and but when you let this happen a balloon just come in from another country and, and fly around and do nothing about it now you're not taking care of your people all that fast that's a little scary. <laughs> All right, so with that in mind, it is time to go over to our hope message with Dr. David Jeremiah over at Turning Point Ministries. And I told you this podcast is also includes God. We, we will be doing a Bible-based uh, hope message in each episode. And so now 
this is a good time to go there after having heard such annoying news about that balloon. It's a good time to start listening in. Now, see, I've already clicked that button. Yeah, let's just go right over to the format that it's playing on. Let's go ahead and run that. There will always be some fear. In fact, in the Old and New Testament, there are many, many stories that are dominated by the theme of fear. What about all those stories of the disciples on the Sea of Galilee at night when the storm comes up and they're so afraid and the Lord has to come and calm the sea? There are many, many occasions when fear is the main play in the story like David and Goliath. The reason Saul wouldn't go out and face Goliath is because he was afraid. They couldn't find anybody in all of Israel that was willing to go out and fight this giant except for David. But the story in the Old Testament, in my estimation, that best illustrates the principles of fear that you and I deal with every day is the story of the 12 spies who left Kadesh Barnea and went into the land of Canaan to spy out the land that God had given them. Now that story is told primarily in Numbers 13 and 14, but it is reviewed in a very condensed version in the book of Deuteronomy and the first chapter. So I'd like for you to turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 1. And there, beginning at verse 19, we have the record of this event in the history of Israel. What I'd like to do today, people, is to take that story and to tell the story, but to build the story around the principles of fear that come right out of the text. If you know anything at all about the setting, you know that what happened was Israel had been freed from Egypt and they had come across the little desert, and they were now ready on the threshold to go into the land of Canaan. This was the land that had been promised to them by God. It's the land that was given to Abraham. It was the land that flowed with milk and honey. It was the promised land, the land they had dreamed about through all those years of slavery in Egypt. And now here they are on the very threshold of entering into Canaan. And God allows them to send some spies into the land to check it out, to figure out which was the best way to go into the land and to look at the cities. And so you know the story. The 12 spies went into the land to spy it out. And as we review the story, we see these principles so very clearly. And they remind us that the principles that dominate us when we have the spirit of fear are not any different now than they were back in the times of Joshua and Caleb. For well, the first thing we realize as we read the story is that fear disregards God's plan. Beginning our reading in verses 19, we read these words. So we departed from Horeb and went through all that great and terrible wilderness which you saw on the way to the mountains of the Amorites, as the Lord our God had commanded us. And we came to Kadesh Barnea. And I said to you, Moses is speaking, you have come to the mountains of the Amorites which the Lord our God is giving to us. Look, the Lord your God has set the land before you. Go up and possess it as the Lord God of your fathers has spoken to you. Do not fear and do not be discouraged. Here was their warrant for possessing the land. Here was their invitation to go and take that land which God had promised to them. But they would not go up because of fear. Fear took hold of their lives and they couldn't allow themselves to believe that God had actually brought them to the place of their inheritance and their blessing. I want to tell you something that fear will do if you let it dominate your life. It will keep you from experiencing God's plan in your life. 
Because you see, we have an inheritance today as well. And our inheritance is reviewed for us in the words of Paul to Timothy. And he says to us there that God has not given to us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God has not created us to be creatures dominated by fear. He's given us the principle of faith upon which we may live. And if we determine to live in fear, we are disregarding God's plan for our life. The same principle is given by Paul in the book of Romans, where we are told, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Hear me carefully today. The word of God tells us that his plan for us, his desire for us is that we live above fear, that we walk in the power of his love, and that we're not dominated by fear. But if we allow fear to take over, we will miss out on God's plan. The second principle in this passage of Scripture is that fear distorts God's purposes. It's interesting to me what can happen to us when fear begins to dominate our life. Everything gets out of perspective. Everything gets into distortion. And it's illustrated here in the story. The ten men who came back from Canaan with their report brought back such a distorted picture of what was there. We read about this in verses 27 and 28 where the scripture says, And you complained in your tents and you said, Because the Lord hates us, he has brought us out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. Where can we go up? Our brethren have discouraged our hearts, saying, The people are greater and taller than we. The cities are great and fortified up to heaven. Moreover, we have seen the sons of the Anakim there. These ten men came back and they told the Israelites, This is a great land, but we can't go in there. There's no way we can go into that land. Why, the land is filled with the Anakim. That's a word for giants. And they did see some giants, but there's no evidence that every person they saw was a giant. How many of you know that fear takes one giant and turns him into the whole population? Have you noticed that? Intimidates you. They saw cities that had great walls. And they actually were so impressed by the inhabitants of the land of Canaan that when they came back, they convinced themselves that the reason God had brought them to the threshold of Canaan was because God hated them and he wanted to destroy them. You say, that is the most irrational thought you could ever have of God. And yet, when fear begins to control your life, you don't think correctly, and rationality goes out the window. Fear distorts your life and the picture of everything. If you determine that you will let fear take over in your life, you can be sure you're going to have a distorted picture of life. And I just want to say, to that message is how true that is in a life's lesson uh, relevant to that. I can tell you that I was going through um, some of the similar situation where things were about to change. Uh, we were paying a mortgage. Um, I had two vehicles. One, the transmission was going out. Uh, I had to make sure to make my payments on this mortgage no matter what. So I have this, this situation that I had to pray about. <laughs> I'm getting ready to be without a van. I mean, without a car. <laughs> and I'm just praying 
from a van. Be, well, no, actually, I had a pickup truck, and I was getting tired of stuff getting rained on in the back of the pickup bed. I know, you can get a camper shell, yada, yada, yada. But I, I didn't have a camper shell, and I was tired of stuff getting rained on. I remember praying to God for a van. I want a van, God. I want a van. And I was fearful of losing the, the vehicle and not being able to get to work. And I was a little fearful of it all. And I was like, yeah, how am I going to get to work? You know, because in Lehigh Acres, you know, it's kind of out there a little bit. And you got to you gotta get back to town every day. And I was like, all right, geez. Um, so I prayed about it. And I prayed about it again. And I said, most of our money was tied up in the mortgage and, and the other bills that we had to pay. And, then, you know, you're just everyday living. So I didn't even have money put aside to buy a vehicle. I didn't want to finance a vehicle at the time because I was always all the used. <laughs> you know, I always tried to always have two cars and they were always used. But I learned how to fix them too. So transmission is a little bit different. Engine going out, you know, that kind of thing is a little bit different. You're not going to fix that. You just got to replace it. And I, I, after I prayed then, about a week later, I was hanging out. Uh, band member Brian, a uh, good close friend and band member, uh, plays the drums. And we were hanging out together, as we did quite a bit, you know, making music and stuff. And we was hanging out, but we were at his father's house. And across the way, the, the neighbor house had a van sitting over there parked. And Brian told me, he said, that van is for sale. The guy that used to own it is gone now. He, he got locked up. I don't think he's going to get out for a long time. And he gave the title over to the landlord to help pay for his rent. Before he had, uh, you know, before he got locked up, and so that van now belongs to the landlord, and I think he just wants to get rid of it. I said, "Really? Yeah, he doesn't want that much for it." It was a Chevy Astro van. It looked like it, no dents on it, and all looked good. Paint job was still good. Interior was still good. So I snatched it up for right at under a thousand dollars. I couldn't believe it. You know, this was just uh, prayer coming true, <laughs> prayer being answered. And, uh, you know, it, it, it might have been a long time ago, but it's an example that first came to mind where I was being, I was being, uh, living a little bit in fear and I was not sure what I was going to do. And I had this house to pay on and, uh, hey, you pray and the Lord comes through and things happen. And that's exactly what Dr. David Jeremiah was talking about. I mean, he was, he was pointing to scripture where they didn't go and claim what was theirs because they were afraid that, uh, they were just going to be, you know, put to death and they weren't going to be able to do it. But so when the Lord tells you you can do something, Dr. David Jeremiah is trying to point out is don't be afraid. <laughs> just do it. When you get this feeling of apprehension, apprehension, you know, you don't want to go in there. I'd like to go in there, but by myself, you know, I don't want to walk through that door. That's how I was feeling when I started going out again since um, I've been uh, widowered, whatever the word is. Yeah, and you get apprehensive to go in there because you're by yourself. I didn't have a wingman or anybody with me, and I was like, yeah, I'm fearing this. <laughs> but if there's a plan for you to start chapter two in life and you're fearing to go through those doors, that you're not going to be in a social environment. You're never going to meet anybody. Nothing's ever going to happen. You're going to stay behind those four walls and you're going to stay depressed because you're too afraid to break the fear. I mean, too afraid, period. So, okay, well, we hammered that one home. I like to say that a lot on this show. Guys, I wanted to share with you a little song. I'll, I'll, just, I'll just play sniblets of it. And you can go to um, YouTube and type in 
John P. Fox videos. There's uh, no H in John. And there's only one X in Fox. And you can just say John P. Fox videos. And I use that keyword in every title and description so that they will populate when somebody types that. Or if you watch one of my videos, you'll see that in the thumbnails uh, to the right. After a while, you probably have to watch one or two before they start showing up more so. Um, but yeah, but the YouTube algorithm, eventually you'll start seeing them in the thumbnails next to it, which is John P. Fox videos, John P. Fox hummingbird artist, Epiphone guitar, um, home music video, John P. Fox. Yeah, it starts showing up over there. But, um, I want to go ahead and play a snippet for you. And I just told you how you can find it on your own. That way I don't have to try and spell out, uh, for the podcast, you know, what the link is or anything like that. That would be ridiculous, right? Oh, 
And so I just decided to let the entire song play. Sorry about that. So I decided I would let the entire song play. I know I said Schnibblitch at first because that's some intentions were to just play a little bit here, a little bit there. Then you say, okay, now if you want to hear the song, you got to go to the, to YouTube and find it and watch. But you know what? I just said, let it play. We're getting done a little early today anyways. It's normally an hour-long show, and I'm not quite. Well, it's getting there. <laughs> I just wanted to let it play. Yep. Anyways, we I do indie songs like that. Um, you know, it's just one of them things. I just like to get out there, play some indie, independent music, um, and then write them. You know, well, I actually like to write them and then get out there and play them. But we've just uh, been since recently. I've just been redoing uh, some of the songs that I've already written and recorded and making little videos because I got to where I kind of enjoy editing with the software. I kind of enjoy setting up the cameras. It's, it, it, it still need, you still need help if you're going to do multiple angles and stuff like that. And if you're, you're doing a shoot and your, your scene ain't right, it's, you know, it's, it's blaringly obvious. You know, you don't know what you're doing, <laughs> but yeah, so it can be a lot of work and a lot of money involved too, if you're going to get it right. I'm not all about trying to do the, the professional production. I'm just trying to make these songs have some something more of a life to them. Is it the only time anyone's ever heard these songs is when we played in the in the nightclub. So um, now that I'm sitting around at home and I don't do that anymore, I've got these songs. I got about twenty of them, and you can actually play with your cameras. You guys can do this too. You get out your your cams or your um, any cameras that do video or your phone, you can put it on a stand or a tripod too. And set them in, in multiple angles. Now, you will have to know something about the editing software. Because once you put all the angles that were taken into the software, you got to line it up with the audio. Once you get it lined up with the audio, now you got to start chopping it up. What are you going to see next? And then put the transitions in between if you're going to use transitions. They can be a lot of fun. Um, that's why, that's why I did that guys. The runaway was written about, actually, I, I, I featured my, um, wifey that is no longer with us in that, uh, video, but actually the song was written about a uh, puppy love thing I had going on when I was younger, when I was really young. And uh, th this gal, uh, stayed with me for a while, you know, and it was uh, taboo. I mean, I, I confess, <laughs> Uh, she had run away. We, we weren't quite, you know, we weren't 20 years old yet. You know, we weren't, we were still under the age of leaving home in like 16, 17. So, well, right at there, right around in there. She wasn't supposed to leave home yet. It's like only 16. I was like only 15 or 16. And uh, they came in, took her away, said, you can't do this. And you better be lucky, young man. We don't get you in trouble. <laughs> All that stuff. <laughs> It was just one of those little happy-go-lucky stories that turned out to say, ah, 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 this was, uh, I wrote this song about her because, uh, you know, puppy love type thing happened and she got taken away. So, what are you going to do, right? Write a song, that's what you're going to do. Uh, anyways, guys, um, I wanted to share that with you. You can find that over on YouTube, John P. Fox Videos. I got a lot of videos that are just relevant to everyday what we do for a living. And then I got a lot of them that are songs and stuff. So there's no uh, there's no actual uh, niche, if you will. It's, it's, it's versif versified. <laughs> 
Also, you can go to johnpfox.com. Again, no H in John and then one X. That's a uh, personal website, blog, uh, slash portfolio. All this stuff is there. And it has been a pleasure sharing it with you today. Tomorrow, uh, next week, we'll do it again. Hopefully, um, we'll have uh, some updated information. I'm pretty sure something about this balloon is going to happen uh, now that the American people are starting to really get outraged about it. I'm sure they're going to do something about this Chinese balloon. And you, you might not want to believe the explanations you're going to get, but I'm sure they're going to make it stop. Uh, I have, uh, hopefully they will. I mean, I have a lot of faith. And I'm going to keep the faith. And we're not going to live in fear. We're working to bring back truth in the United States, in America. And I hope it doesn't take too much longer to get this done. So remember what Dr. Jeremiah is talking about. Don't live in fear. Get out there and do it anyway, even though you're a little fearful of it. Because nothing's going to... The things God wants to happen in your lives can't happen if you if you uh, cower and stay, and stay under the covers. <laughs> so to speak. With that, guys, I will go ahead and do this again next week. And until then, goodbye. This has been the American Freedom and God podcast. Join us every week for the latest episodes. Please subscribe, rate, and review the series. Visit us and comment on a blog post at johnpfox.com. Happy listening, and remember to always show your awesome. Stupid as stupid does. <laughs>